What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I was joined by the reigning 67.5 kilo national champion, Gabby Martinez. She drove from San Antonio to Houston to do an in-person interview. In-person interviews are always better, and I had a fantastic time interviewing Gabby. Gabby is one of the more competitive female lifters I know in the sport, so it was a great conversation. Talked about a performance at Nationals, talked about what she's going to do after Nationals, the balancing act of uh, Powerlifting America and USAPL World Pro. We have a discussion about that. Talks a lot about her coaching, her experience in collegiate powerlifting, Texas Strength Systems, UTSA. We do, of course, a lifter rating, word association as well, just a Awesome, awesome interview with Gabby. We need to have her on again sometime. Have a lot of opportunities to have her on because she's in the state of Texas, as am I. Awesome interview with her. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Also, follow us on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating there. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Yeah, just saying this on the Gibson Bursary. Oh baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Oh baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. And as promised, I'm joined. In beautiful project strength for an in-person interview with defending national champion in the 67 and a half kilo weight class, Gabby Martinez. How are you? I'm good. That sounded weird. What? The six defending 67 and a half national champ. Yeah, and you had to knock off Sam Calhoun to get there. I got to, because I was looking at your open powerlifting um, prior to coming here. At what point did you think this was a possibility for you to be a national champion? I actually had a conversation in 2019. Um, I think it was after after I saw Raw Nationals. I can't remember what meet it was that I saw, but I was kind of thinking, like, I kind of want to go down to 63 to outpull her. It wasn't even necessarily to beat her overall, but I wanted to outpull her. And the, the person that I was talking to about this thought I was so freaking cocky. They were like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> but, I mean, here we are. I still can't outpull her, and I can't even outdaughter, her, but... I did out-total her, so we're, we're halfway there. Yeah, because, I mean, if you really look at your career in powerlifting, it's, a, I mean, a, a fantastic collegiate lifter. Um, a lot of your career was in single-ply lifting as well. At what point was it like, I could be one of the best female raw lifters, not only in the USAPL, but in the entire world. Was there, like, one meet or one moment you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here and I could actually hang with the best? After 2019 Raw Nationals that October, uh, Chloe Dublin won that one, and I was kind of thinking, like, I never really paid attention to my raw lifts in equipment. I was always kind of trying to match um, Cassandra Carlton, her raw lifts, before we would all get in gear. I was trying to see where I was at there. Mm -hmm. But that was usually just to project, see where we would be matchup-wise in equipment. And I was kind of thinking, like, man, I just maxed out for no reason, and they're pretty close to what she hit in 2019. And I was like, if I actually tried to train raw, I could probably get there and at least podium. Yeah, and I think it w at last nationals. That's when we kind of we. Uh, I remember we did a preview, and we didn't mention you. 
because all your numbers were in single ply and we just failed to see the raw and and knowing Texas lifters and you um, just through the grapevine because a lot of my friends train at TSS are like, yeah, you should probably look out for that. Like she could podium. You were just off a podium from last nationals, right? You were fourth. Yes, I have me, Claire, I can't remember, oh, Jasmine, I think. No, no. There was three of us that all tied. Um, so we all totaled 500, and then I got fourth on body weight because I barely made weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with, with, with that, and then knowing you're a young lifter, after that, like, okay, it's like we have a good total here. And I did you think the USAPL changing those weight classes helped you, or was that a big advantage? Did you, what were your initial thoughts on that? I was I was pissed. I was <laughs> had a hard time getting down to seventy two, and then when they changed it to sixty nine, I was slightly devastated. And yeah. then they changed it again to sixty seven, and I was like, "Man, they really just want me to not eat ever again." <laughs> what, what 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 weight class are you most comfortable in then? It changes every year. So I was an eighty four at one point um, when I was equipped because mm-hmm. um, I had taken a break from powerlifting, and then I got back down to seventy two, and that was rough. Um, and then I did RP, this RP strength app, the diet app, um, to get down to 69 originally. Um, and then I started to learn a little bit more about nutrition myself to get down to 67. Um, and that wasn't that hard. The Arnold was my first 67 and a half meet and I weighed 66.7. Um, and then I didn't actually cut at all for nationals. I kind of just did a water cut the day before and I was eating all day before weigh-in. So 67 is not that hard. I've actually kind of been contemplating changing weight classes um, but that's going to be if if there's a switch or if there's not a switch. Um, if there, if I don't switch, I'll probably stay 67, though. What do you mean by switch? Um, I've kind of been thinking about uh, going to Powerlifting America. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw what the 69s did at Worlds, and it made me very angry. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to kind of be up in that, like, total-wise, I kind of wanted to be up there with them. And I fell so short of that, and I'm upset about it. But, I, I mean, it is what it is, and I I kind of didn't really feel that motivated during the meet at Nationals. It was just kind of going through the motions, I feel like. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. really hyped at all for any of my lifts, except for squat. And then after that, I was just kind of cruising. Because I wasn't nervous going into Nationals this year, which was weird. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't really like that I wasn't nervous. Yeah, that is kind of a surprise. Um, would you say it's because – it is in that weird weight gap or weight range gap because Sam Calhoun is naturally probably a 63, and I would say you're probably in the 69 to 76 kilo range. So it, it, it was kind of strange, like, you two going at it, even though we were hyping it and it was deserved to be hyped because you guys are some of the best female lifters in the world, and Sam Calhoun's a legend. You're an up-and-coming um, lifter and who's really made her stamp within this, this meet. But it's still, like, it's still um, probably not the weight classes you two fall into. Yeah, I think part of her weighing in so light was why I was kind of disappointed when I got there. Because I knew she was going to try to be around 63, and I almost thought about also cutting to try to weigh around 64, 65. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of was like, it's not worth it. It's going to be about dots anyways. Um, And I was kind of also thinking, like, I am not going to get best lifter. I was like, that's not the goal of this meet. I have to at least win nationals in order for that to even matter to me. Well, didn't you technically get best, get best lifter? Or not best of the best, but you got best middleweight, right? Yeah, I won best lifter for the middleweights, and then I won champion of champions also. So I have oh. that best lifter banner, and I kind of hate it. <laughs> Why? Because I got second. 
Sam Calhoun should have that banner hanging over her TV. <sighs> the, the, all right, all right. I guess that's fair. I don't. That was kind of the we were are getting like wind of that was going to happen um, because we knew Sam was going to weigh in light. I think I don't know. This is. Have you heard this that Sam might be at sixty kilos? Yes, I did. I, I don't know if that's confirmed. I always hate like talking to people. And then I'm like, wait, was this said publicly or privately? I, I can't remember anymore, but she was looking shredded as hell uh, going into 63. So it looks like 60 kilos can be a good weight class for her. Yeah, she could totally do it, and she'd probably still dominate and be getting best lifter. Um, I'm curious to see if she switches back to 63 and goes to IPF again. Mm -hmm. I've heard something where she maybe wanted to do that. Um, if she does, I'm probably going to follow her. Um, I still, in my opinion, have not beat her, even though I out-totaled her in that weight class. I don't think we should have been in the same weight class. Mm. Yeah, I think that was one of the more interesting things going into Nationals, was just knowing you two were kind of in the same weight class, but not the right weight class. Like, I always... It, I think everyone's on the fence, right, about just doing Powerlifting America after Nationals. Like, everyone has the thought. The only ones who aren't, I think, are people in the 82.5 kilo weight class for the men, and then the people who are in the USAPL in those weight classes fit them, like the people in the heavier weight class. But would it be weird going to Powerlifting America because you play such a prominent role in the USAPL? And I don't know if I gave you the proper introduction. I started with the National Championship, but you're a referee, spotter, and loader, um, you do a ton for TSS. You do a ton for UTSA. You're very involved in powerlifting, especially in the USAPL. So that would that switch affect that at all? That's part of, that's really and truly the only thing that I'm kind of thinking maybe don't switch. Um, I haven't actually talked to Wes or anyone like that about it. Um, because I, I don't want to, I just got my national certification and I don't want to switch and leave anyone hanging. But also, I kind of feel like that's the one thing that I, the one goal that I haven't really hit yet. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, it's taken me a second. I, I was, I completely lost motivation after nationals and I was sick and I was just like, what is the next thing that I could do? And I was like, I, I probably could have fought for a podium spot at nationals at 69. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. At 69, I think you would have walked away with that or no, not walked away with it. Cause Kristen Dunsmore, um, uh, yeah, so Chelsea Savitt and Kristen Dunsmore. Yeah, I would probably peg you as the favorite within that weight class. And then going into IPF Worlds, you have Chandler Babb. Um, uh, yeah, Marte. Yeah, so is, is that kind of your focus right now? Is just like, or at least getting a total on there? Because with that is one competition, but you still are in the mix of things with the USAPL Pro Series. Yes, that was the other thing. So I don't really know how the Arnold's going to pan out. I was trying to wait to decide um, until I knew, like, how much payouts were going to be, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I've never been to Worlds. Sam's been to Worlds. Jen Milliken's been to Worlds. You know, a lot of the people that are comfortable staying in the USAPL have already been to Worlds. Yeah. And I was trying to get to Junior Worlds equipped back in 2020. That was my last junior year. Um and then that got canceled, so I never got an experience to be on the IPF stage. Um, I don't really think that if I did switch, it would be for a long-term thing. I think that hitting that goal and then coming back to find something else in the Pro Series would probably match up better for me. But for the next year, maybe two years, that's just something that I'm comparing myself more so with Kristen Dunsmore, Chelsea Savitt, Marte Jenner, and even uh, Leah Beauvoir, because I, I think – 
she would if she went up she would still be dominating that also so the 545 547 range that's where i was wanting to get closer to because i know chandler won it with 537 and a half and i totaled 527 and a half so i was super mad that i was 10 kilos behind but those those are who i'm comparing myself to Mm -hmm. because i know sam's probably going to be always grouped within the 63 kilo like lifters of the world um, because she's been on the international stage she's had the opportunity to compare with them directly and even if she stays 67 i think she's always probably going to be closer to 63 yeah i don't really see her just being 67 and a half kilos and especially at the pro series so with the finale or whatever they're going to call it uh the finals it's going to be based on dots so then you would you're kind of giving sam already that advantage there but I think a clear two or three would be you. And yeah, depending on the payouts, you could be walking into a relatively nice payday, but you're right. We already, we did the Arnold Grand Prix this year. Hopefully they make it better. They make it a little bit more worth their while in the Arnold uh, for the USAPL this year. But you do make a good point there. You haven't done worlds and you have a very competitive weight class in America and throughout the world. So is there, is there still, like, no intrigue with the Pro Series, or? I just kind of feel like I haven't done what I should have done as far as the IPF route. Uh, the Pro Series, to me, is kind of what you do after you've already done that. So mm-hmm. I, I That's a good point. I originally stayed in the USAPL because I was really interested to see what they would do with the Pro Series, but I just kind of feel like I don't have the same motivation just with the Pro Series and the money. Yeah. Do you think, uh, you think you're just going to take the – just – do powerlifting America and still just ref in the USAPL and do all the other stuff in the USAPL like we've kind of been seeing? If they let me, I'm 100% going to help out. Yeah. I, d- I know that. I would say just try it. Screw it. Just <laughs> see what happens. Then, like, maybe they'll give you a warning at first, like, ask for apologies. and Because I've seen it. Right? I've seen it happen. I've seen people from powerlifting America or po- people from USAPL who are judging at powerlifting America meets working it still. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the penalties are for that. Yeah, I saw that. I think I know they're probably not going to let me compete in the USAPL. No, they won't. They will not. Which, that won't let you, they, they won't let you do that. Which kind of stinks because uh, it'd be nice to do their nationals in wh- wherever. Well, that's month well, the, the, well, that's a thing that I was thinking. It's I think their nationals is in February, so that kind of fucks anyone who wants to do who are thinking about the Powerlifting America route and the USAPL route because a lot of us. I mean, I guess it doesn't mess with a whole lot of people. I think the big people with the incentive are the ones in the Pro Series final. Um, but you, if you're in the Pro Series final, you really can't do the Powerlifting America or you have to decide, like, okay, we're not going to do the, the Arnold and we're going to do Powerlifting America. So th- that timing isn't really good, which, again, I'm not a fan of Powerlifting America's scheduling of nationals. It's a month out from Sheffield, too. I did not know yeah. that actually. Yeah, so I think I think I think Sheffield's the end of March. Interesting. So I don't I don't know how like guys like Delaney and other people are gonna approach nationals now because you have Sheffield like relatively in the close time frame. That is interesting. Yeah, because I was considering going down to sixty three. Um, because Damn. I weighed sixty six point eight at nationals and I I was eating all day before that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking maybe it's not gonna be that big of a cut. It's three keys. Well, 3.8 keys, but I don't – I mean, it, it, it's been easy to be 67. It was tough to get down to 69, but since I've been there, it's been really easy for me to just kind of walk around right at 69, 70. Well, that's why I think – I don't know. This is a, my opinion on this, and 
at, at times I don't like telling lifters what to do, but I think that will put you in a really good position at 69 because you're spotted more kilos. Like going back down to 63, you might run into the same issues like you had in the past where in 69 kilos, like, okay, we're even more comfortable now. We don't have to do any sort of water manipulation or food manipulation. And then also the second part is Leo Wallace should be a 69 kilo lifter. You know what I mean? And we're seeing what the issues going down to 63 is having for her. Um, missed weights. And then I think her last two meets were at 69 kilos. I believe so. Yes. Yes. I think, um, well, I'm shorter than her. Um, and I, because I've had a lot of like yo-yo kind of weight loss and weight gain, mm-hmm. I, I was a 63 at one point. Um, and then I just got to college and decided I was going to eat and not follow any kind of nutrition. It happens. It happens. It happens in college. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you learn, you know, nutrition, you learn it. Um, so I don't, I don't really think 63, if I started now for February, if I go IPF, I don't think that that would be a rough thing. Cause I don't like to do that really short cut. Mm-hmm. I would rather start it now and just kind of train down to that weight. So that way the cut on meat day is probably two pounds and that's a really easy water cut for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, you did mention your main competition there, but why those lifters in particular? Cause you said you weren't as hyped for nationals. I was going to kind of take you, tell you me, tell you to recap nationals, but if you weren't that hyped for it, we don't really need to do that. But is, is that what is going to motivate you or those particular lifters? Right now, yes. I feel like I, I didn't. I didn't really kind of understand why I wasn't so excited about nationals this year. Mm-hmm. Um, winning was awesome, but it, it didn't feel like it did when I won collegiate nationals last year. Okay. So I think got, like getting second last year at nationals uh, raw was. I, I thought I would be lucky to get top ten. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I was not super confident going into that. It was my first national raw meet. And then coming into this one, knowing I was going to get first or second, depending on how good of a day I had, was um, it, w- it was different. Mm-hmm. I had way more hype going into the Arnold. And then the Arnold happened, and I knew Sam was going to cut. I knew she was going to. And the f- I think the fact that she cut so low and I just knew her numbers weren't just – they were just not going to be there. I saw her warming up, and I was just like – after squats, I was like, man, it's not going to be the same kind of meat. I didn't really have her – I didn't have anyone to kind of push me. Mm-hmm. So I want. I didn't even really – my last deadlift, I almost scratched it. I almost didn't even want to pull because mm-hmm. I knew I'd already secured first with my second pull. Yeah. And I kind of thought the same way on bench. Like I hit the PR and I was like, another two keys would be great. I don't need it though. And then going into deadlifts, I technically PR'd my deadlift. Um, I definitely wanted to hit five. And then I was kind of thinking, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't need to risk getting hurt mm-hmm. to try to pull 500. So we, we didn't even load it. And then I didn't really – I wasn't as focused going into that last deadlift, so I just kind of put it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then right then, let's circle back to the Arnold. Then for that meet, what what was your feelings throughout the entire day for that one? I was nervous. I actually got kind of sick because um, our Airbnb had mold everywhere. Nice. So I was trying. It's really Columbus, hard. <laughs> so that that makes sense actually. <laughs> I was trying really hard not to cough. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna make me, they're gonna make me leave if I start coughing. So. No, they won't. <laughs> no, they will not. And we're we're so beyond that. I think in 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 America, and I don't know about the rest of the world, but yeah, they're not they're not uh, halting anything anymore. Yeah. They barely did it for the other Arnold, and that was during COVID. Yeah, that's they true. had this college like kids from Ohio State working security, 
And like they were sitting there like, um, can I go back in the warm up room? And they're like, yeah, we don't care. And then my girlfriend came with me. So it was like, it's like, did you, did, are you sick? Like, no. Uh, okay, cool. Whatever. That was their security check while it was like COVID happened and the world was canceled yeah. for about a week. But continue. Nice. Yeah, no, the Arnold was, uh, this was my first Arnold. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, that was one of the biggest goals of mine ever was to get to the Arnold. And then my first Arnold, I was in the Grand Prix. So I was, I was just super excited. And then I was kind of thinking, you know, this is the first meet where I'm coaching myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't screw that up. Um, if I screw that up, then what, what kind of coach am I if this is my, like, debut of coaching myself? So I, there was just – I put too much pressure on myself for mm-hmm. the Arnold. And I think that hurt my performance quite a bit because um, squats – and I'll give credit to Mikey for this one. I told him to load 190. I had made out a whole game day, like, spreadsheet. It, I had so many attempts in there that I was like, if it's a good day, we'll do this. And I told him – 187, and then he was like, that's not on the spreadsheet. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We'll just put whatever's on the spreadsheet, but I, we should have put 187. Mm-hmm. Uh, bench went beautifully. That was the most amazing meet that I've ever had for bench. And then going into deadlifts, I think I was so – like, I, I didn't have a second to catch my breath with how fast that meet went. Yeah. And I'm used to training at TSS, which means people walk in, and I spend 30 minutes talking to them between sets. Um, so bigger meets, like – like, especially equip meets, they go what much slower. Yeah. So that was my first lesson for, you know, time your time your top sets when you're at TSS, you know, mm-hmm. which is part of why I like going in the mornings. I love the night crew, but we, we talk way too much in the mm-hmm. evenings. Um, but the Arnold, all in all, that was a really good meet for me. It gave me a lot more experience as far as coaching myself. Because I think in the past, I've just, I put way too much trust in everyone else. And I mean, Joel did a great job coaching me. But I just think that it's – I'm one of those people I think coaching myself probably made me a little bit better than it would have otherwise mm-hmm. just because I'm so analytical of the things that I do. So I'll go in and I'll sit it and look at the screen for like four hours when I'm doing analysis of videos and stuff. So I, I think I do a pretty good job of separating. You know, I don't, I don't like to change program mid-block. I mm-hmm. was doing that at first um, and then after the Arnold – I think I learned quite a bit, and so now when I'm handling my athletes, it makes it much easier because I kind of know, like, I, okay, raw is different. I didn't have a lot of experience handling raw lifters. It was mostly equipped, and that's just kind of like you're just squeezing anything in that you can get warm-ups, of getting them in their suit, getting into time, food, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any more pro meets are going to be like the Arnold was. Um, I think it was because some of the equipped women didn't show up, so our flight was just so much smaller. Um, it, I think it depends I could actually see next year the the finals being that short. I think it'd be a relatively quick meet because of this just super short flight that we have and the the limited amount of lifters. Um, I think there just wasn't enough equipped lifters there. That's what actually, actually I think the day before the Pro American, um, or the day uh, no it was the day of that meet was apparently quicker because they had like four equipped lifters in one flight. And that was it. So when they were trying to separate the equip lifters and raw lifters, you only had four. And that meet was apparently done in two hours. It was actually quicker than the Grand Prix. Oh um, yeah. So, I mean, I get, I, I'm not too – I'm not against the quick meets. And I actually prefer them um, as opposed to, to the longer meets. I guess, like, two and a half to three hours is my sweet spot. Um, I guess the timing of nationals was probably the best. But I think the – yeah, I, I would assume the um, the pro meet – or the pro finals would be just as fast. 
Um, but I think you would probably adapt to it because you already went through it. It was the same thing in 2019 for me. I was not used to 2019. I was in regular session for nationals. I just wasn't used to a fast meet. Like I was doing APF meets. I was doing my first USAPL meet was a four flight local meet. So that was a long meet. That was one of those entire day meets where you have to bring your lunch and stuff. You have to bring just food throughout the entire day. And then nationals happen. Like I bought, I did the same precaution. I bought food. I bought like sandwiches and like warmed up food. And I was done in two hours. And I just had a bunch of like, like lunch meals with me. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I guess they move a little bit faster in, uh, in the USAPL than they did in APF. But uh, after that, it was relatively easy going back. Or it was just like, you felt it, and your next meet is going to be probably just as fast, if not faster. So this is getting adapted to it. Yeah, and I think um, powerlifting American Nationals isn't going to be that big either, from what I understand. So. I, don't th- I don't know how it could be. I mean, the <laughs> other one, I mean, it's like legit, like I don't know how they would get over 100 lifters at their Nationals. It might not even be – I keep on saying this. I'm like a broken record. It might not be a good thing if they have over 100. I have I have no idea. I definitely meant to go to that meet this year to spectate, um, but I ended up having to work the game day meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed yeah. to judge that meet, and then I ended up spotting and loading anyways. Jeez. Yeah, I, yeah, I do remember seeing that. I, I did go to it, and it was very small. Um, it broke up over three days, which was interesting. I, it was 40 lifters, and they broke it up in three days. But, yeah, it would have to be a really quick meet. I, I missed most of it. I think I got there in third attempt bench press, and I was there at, like, 11 in the morning. Or, uh, no, 2 in the – like, because they started really – they started late. They started, like, noon. So, I mean, it's yeah, – I think I think when you get to a small roster, you're just going to get a quicker meet. Um, but I, I think once you kind of do it enough times – like, now I, now I can't do a longer meet because I think the last four or five meets I've done – were either yeah the, the last even the last local meet it was because it was post COVID era, so we couldn't even have like a sixty person meet. It had to be forty tops or something, or like they had to split into two sessions where it was only twenty lifters for both. So every meet I've done since twenty nineteen has been fast. Yeah, except for except for that IPA meet. Yeah, I was about to actually <laughs> mention that that was the longest meet in history. I don't. I <laughs> wasn't Jesus expecting Christ. that. I was, I wasn't expecting a lot of things that day. Um, yeah, guys, uh, hopefully it gets on ESPN, this IPA meet, because that was eight hours. I guys, uh, by the way, you're going to see, I commentated an IPA bench only meet, or I think the only thing you're going to see is a bench only meet. And I was commentating most of the multiply lifting that was going on prior. And it took, I think the meet is still happening. It happened a month and a half ago, but I still think that meet is going on right now. I'm still working on that meet, by the way. I'm not joking. I'm doing like the voiceovers and shit for that meet still haven't done anything with it no they're do they're doing a lot with it and i'm still working on it when i tell you this meat isn't done yet i'm not joking i'm still i still have work to do for this meat and that was that was a month and a half ago so ipa meats if you guys love long meats do an ipa meat because what time do you what time do you leave that day i left i think before they did awards (laughs) i made um my athlete, before deadlift, she was like, I don't want to finish. And I was like, you made me sit through this whole meet. So I made Val finish. And while she was deadlifting, I told her what her third attempt was going to be. And then I started spotting and loading so we'd go a little faster. Oh, my God. One you of started spotting kids, and loading that day? Yeah, one of the poor I know the TSS crew so is there. Tired. Yeah. 
but it was one of the other kids. I think the TSS crew was taking a break or something. And so this poor kid, I don't know who he was, but I was like, do you want to take a break and I'll spot and load for you? And so I think it was me and Mikey, and we, we were just going. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did not know that's how you're not, I, I left. I actually left. Yeah, I did not commentate the rest of that meet. You just stayed for the bench meet, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I stayed because they told me I'll be over. I'll be done at 5 or so. Or they told me I'll be done at 2 or something. And it was 5 o'clock, and I wasn't done yet. So I'm like, I, I don't know if I can stay till 11 o'clock here, guys, because if we're on bench and it's 5 o'clock, I can imagine deadlifts going on till about 11. And they're like, oh, you can go whatever i'm like sweet rad i'm out and i just hightailed out and out of there i did not know you ended up spotting and loading because yeah, it was a nice thing to see because i'm like i'm gonna stick out like a sore thumb over here ipa the usapl dude no one's gonna know who i am and then i saw the tss crew i'm like oh okay yep i think i saw you in the back and i was like is angelo here <laughs> i was like why is he here yeah i mean uh yeah that was i i there is a, hopefully something is going to uh, result from that. But um, speaking of equip lifting, I mean, obviously not multiply because, you know, uh, <laughs> but single ply. Um, I don't know if you notice if you go on two white lights and see the hot takes and we did the whole thing like last time, 95 percent of them were about how much people hate equip lifting. What's your stance and take on equip lifting? Like me and Steve still like it, but you're one of the lifters who are very good in both. So I have people all the time keep trying to get me to go back into equipment. Um, and for right now, I'm saying, heck no. That stuff beat my body up. I don't know how much. I definitely was not doing it correctly at the time. I, I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. um, I was just trying to do back-to-back-to-back equipment, get total stronger, just get in tighter stuff. I'm not actually learning how to use the equipment. Um, now that I'm a little bit older... Um, and I haven't done equipment in, a, in over a year now. Um, equipment and raw should be separate. They're two completely different worlds, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I still think equipment, especially single ply, should still be around. Um, I think it would be weird if we did actually try to get rid of equipment. Yeah, that's where the takes I disagree on. Because people love to go, like, full-blown, fucking crazy, like, overboard with a take. I'm like, okay, guys, relax. Like, we don't need to kill, like... We don't need to kill off an entire division of powerlifting. Like, if we do a multiply, maybe. But single, I'm like, guys, we, we can still have them in. I, I think there's a solution around this. Yeah, and I think it'll always be alive in Texas. Uh, Texas high school mm -hmm. doesn't have a raw division, um, and that's where I actually got into powerlifting. Um, and that's what TSS does. They run Texas high school meets all spring yeah. every single week. Um, so then when I came to college, it was to compete equipped. It was not to compete raw. So I did all of my collegiate career equipped. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of wish I had rotated or like, <clears throat> I think if they had split raw nationals and equipped nationals, because now that I'm wanting to maybe go IPF, they're doing what I wanted, <laughs> which is great. Because um, I had always said, like, if they keep them split, I'll do both. Um, right now, that's not going to be the case. I've got such big goals raw and I don't have the same goals equipped. Yeah. Um, but it's been brought up. I was not this strong when I did equipment and I was pretty getting pretty close to um, junior world records. And I have no idea what the open records are, mm -hmm. open world records are now. But that's probably something that I'll go back to at some point. Yeah, I think there's they're splitting USAPL, too, with Ron class or classic nationals again, which is great. Like that's that's the best way to make single ply lifting great and raw lifting great is if you separate the two. Because th that's when we started seeing clashes with, you know, single ply and raw lifters was because of mega nationals. Like, it was combined. 
Um, which I think that's where you get the weird takes of how much people hate single ply. I'm like, all right, guys, like, relax. It's it's not it's not dramatic enough where you have to like completely remove because I do think that kind of I guess this is my hot take that kind of what makes the sport a sport is or what makes powerlifting different from the other strength sports is single ply and the equip lifting because weightlifting is obviously done raw, um, CrossFit's done raw. Powerlifting with the equipment is what makes it more different from those two disciplines. Um, so I actually like that it exists, but I'm still surprised that Texas high school does not have a raw of it or just makes it all raw because that would probably be the easiest way to just compete is just make everyone raw in high school. I 100% agree. Which it doesn't seem to matter. Because they have like twenty million people compete in that federation somehow. Oh, they yeah. have they have the more than America's population compete at Texas Powerlifting Association. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I think Texas High School. I think there's just so much money invested in Titan and those other equipment companies. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to do with some kind of deal there. But I mean, Raw would open the door for more kids to even get into the sport because equipment is part of why when I was in high school, girls did not want to do equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not have a lot of friends in high school because I think nobody really understood why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, it hurts. Like our skin would rip and we'd have to learn how to put like Vaseline on there so that we could get in it again next week. Um, and in high school you don't like peak, like e- every meet that you do every week, that's your, like, that's your taper up into mm-hmm. state, which is weird. Yeah. Blake LaHue told me about that. It's like, it wasn't a good experience. It's like, I never really did a prepare prepare me for a whole lot, but you said something interesting there. No one really understood why you did it. Why did you get into it then? I kind of just got in. I was in a, in high school, that was not my, my brightest moment in life. Um, my high school coach walked up to me one day in the gym. When I think I was watching the powerlifting meet or I was watching something in the gym. And he walked up and was like, you're kind of short and you've got big legs. He was like, I'm going to stick you in a suit. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. That's a very weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> well, I have I'm going to try that with people. <laughs> just see what I mean? Like, you're short and have big legs. You want to get in a suit? I'm like, what the fuck did you just say <laughs> to me, dude? Like, that is the weirdest conversation starter of all time. Yeah, I remember thinking it was weird. I, I mean, I still <laughs> coach him now, though. So oh, wow. All right, it worked nice. out pretty Yeah, he was part of the USAPL Fed when it was founded. It was mm-hmm. originally another federation, and then it kind of morphed into the USAPL. Probably would have um, happened to me, too. They would have been saw me like, you're short. Why are you trying to play sports? He definitely <laughs> thought like that. Him, like, going from Dwayne Young to Weston Zunker as my coaches, mm-hmm. they're super similar. Mm-hmm. They're straightforward, and all they do when they look at new kids is, like, their, how their leverages would work in a suit. That's all they see when they look at you the first time. Yeah. I think if you're around the campfire long enough, that's what happens. <laughs> like, I you're just, you're just, yeah, because I know now powerlifting, I'm like, I got to make a good powerlifter, check out those leverages. Yeah, we're always like, he'd be a devil specialist. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we do now. But, yeah, no, high school, it, it, it was the perfect spot for me. I was not, I didn't really have any, like, motivation to do anything specific. Um, I was a softball player, and, like, I had goals to go to the Olympics for softball, and, you know, I was kind of short, and I had done softball my whole life, and mm-hmm. I think I was just burnt out. And so then when I did powerlifting, and I was – I don't know if I was good at it the first couple of meets that I did, but I, I think after the first year that I did it, because I had been in sports my whole life, so doing another one wasn't anything new. Um, and then I, I realized I was pretty good at it, and I was like, maybe I should quit softball. Like, I know I'm, I'm probably going to go play at Texas State, um, 
And then I, I just quit, and I didn't, and I'm super glad that I did because I ended up going to college specifically to live for UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was probably the best decision I ever made. I almost went to Texas Tech, and then oh, I was wow. looking at their powerlifting teams, and I was like, UTSA is more established, so I'm going to go there instead. So I emailed Weston Zunker, and I was like, I I'm love how you call him Weston, by the way. <laughs> I just want to point that <laughs> well, out. Well, he's getting married this weekend, so I'm going to make fun of him. I saw that. Yep. Yeah, that's. He didn't invite me. Didn't invite me either which <laughs> I, i'm yeah i did not expect an invite but didn't either. yeah weston zunker all right that's what i'm gonna call him from now on we've been calling west the entire time on the show <laughs> so uh, you're just hearing weston is funny yeah i don't think i actually say his name to his face at any i just start talking to him so <laughs> weston zunker hey weston what's up it's what that's funny i don't know i don't know why i find it funny but it is but yeah so he called you to go to, to utsa and um, you've been incredibly involved in powerlifting since. Is that it, that is a UTSA thing though, right? Like you're just you kind of because that's what I see with a lot of the people I know who spot and load. The t- we talk about the TSS spotting loading crew all the time on Two White Lights. They're UTSA boy guys and girls. Kind of, yeah. Um, when I got to UTSA, I knew that I wanted to stick around and help coach. Um, when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. um, at the time I didn't know I was going to major in kinesiology or anything like that. Um, and then it just kind of worked out that way. So now I, I do help co- help them coach. Um, I do kind of have to – I'm the only female coach, so I think the fact that I'm a female, that dynamic is a little bit weirder. So I kind of have to insert myself into some of that stuff. Um, but it's been working out pretty well. I think as a coaching team, it's getting a little bit better as far as like how – because we all have very different coaching styles. And as Wes kind of – grows his business and as that kind of goes on I think he's becoming a little bit less involved directly with the team he's kind of trusting us to take over the programming and the hands-on coaching that's going to be really important because Wes is probably the most busy human being in powerlifting oh yeah and we always knew we were going to kind of help take over that and I think he's tired needs a break and he deserves to have some time off Mm -hmm. but it's it's been a it's been it's been interesting I definitely love the team everyone on the team right now makes me a little nervous uh, I definitely feel older. I've only been graduated for a year. But yeah, I was about they, to say, I'm like, you're like old. 23, right? <laughs> that's not that's not, that's not, not reassuring from yep. my end. Because I know um, back in the day they wanted me to be the women's head coach, and I kind of was like, I am not taking that title. I think that's a weird kind of dichotomy with the team. The dichotomy, in my opinion, should always be raw and equipped, not male and female. Oh, that's actually a good point. Because I don't change programming for male and female. I mm-hmm. change programming for Ron Equipped. So I did turn that down. I could have been one of their head coaches, and now we have just Wes as the head coach, and the rest of us are just coaches for the mm-hmm. team. But it'll be interesting to see where we go next year now that we actually have a raw team. I'm, yeah. s- I'm so excited. Yeah, that's going to be really good to see, um, especially with me going to my first Collegiate Nationals and commentating it. The team aspect of Collegiate Nationals, I think, is what makes Collegiate Nationals – a special meet. It's not necessarily the individual lifters, but it's a team aspect of it. And seeing more teams in the raw category um, is is good. It's good for the sport. Um, but I want to kind of talk to you about that coaching. You coach separately, though, right? Yes. From the UTSA. Um, how's that going? You have the, probably the best name for coaching. <laughs> I, I, I think you. I think you have that title. 
I'll take it. Yeah, uh, BDA is going pretty well. What, hold on. What, is, what does BDA mean? BDA is uh, Built Different Athletics. And yep. I know there's another coach out there that uses that name or something similar, but they didn't register it with USAPL. Oh, there you go. So it's I, mine. I, I, know, I know it from you. I don't know it from the <laughs> other person. So there you go. There we go. Yeah, I, I, I took that name because it was a joke. I think when I was competing, um, when I was trying to get to Worlds, I was going – I was – I did absolutely nothing but powerlifting. There mm-hmm. was no part of my life that wasn't involved. And so all of my friends were telling me, they were like, oh, Gabby's just built different. I think it was after I maxed out with Austin Perkins and Jodel Patino. Um, I think they were calling me that at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run with it. Mm-hmm. We'll take it. It's fine. The, I like that I can abbreviate it and just call it BDA too because it's kind of long. But it, it's Yeah, I, I misunderstood it the first time. <laughs> I don't know if you what I misunderstood it as. Because I heard BD, I thought it was BDE. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. All right, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, straightforward. And uh, from Gabby, I'm like, I wouldn't expect that as the to come. And then they're like BDE, and it's like, what do you think it is? I'm like, you said BDE, right? And like, no BDA. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, still. I'll take the energy. Yeah, yeah, I'll so, take yeah, it. yeah. Because I was like, that, that's all right, cool. I'm like, the USAPL thought that was okay. Actually, it. we could do that, right? We can technically just say BDE. There's, there's no fucking way they're going to know. Yeah, I mean, as right? long as it doesn't have any... <laughs> yeah, we don't... You could say whatever you want. Any weird language. Yeah, you just submit it. I think it took like a week for them to email me back and say it was approved, and mm-hmm. then I got the certificate and all that. But yeah, it was, it was fine. I, I do notice that like, as a coach for a collegiate team, that's like included with the fact that you're coming to UTSA and the fact that I have a separate like coaching business has been weird, mm-hmm. but I don't really advertise for my coaching business aside from just the lifters that I have just kind of putting their stuff out. That's probably for the best. I, yeah. Too, I don't want right? to, I don't like the idea of trying to solicit coaching for, from the UTSA team from my own. So if they ask me, I'll do it for them because sometimes that general basic programming is not going to be enough for them. Or if they want something else, I'll provide that. But I do think it's, it was a weird thing to kind of figure out at first, but a lot of my athletes don't even go to UTSA, so. Well, there's that, and then on top of that, just completely swamping yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm like, always swamped, yeah. Yeah, because that's, cause that's, I think, with a lot of people, what happens is their roster fills really fast, really quick, and they're like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to take on more clients, then, you know, it's really difficult to coach a bunch of clients, and then that's where you see you know, kind of coaching teams fall off a little bit, which is unfortunate, but it happens. Like, I've seen it happen way too many times where, you know, it's like, oh, that guy's a good coach, and then you see the roster up at 55, and then all of a sudden he's like, you hear, like, the client's like, yeah, he's not really a good coach. He doesn't respond to me. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's, that's probably a bad thing. Collegiate coaching has got to be incredibly difficult, right? Because this is, this is a, such a huge, like, roster, and it, you can't really individualize a whole lot of things. That's... Yeah, it's supposed to be general programming, so that's going to be int- – I'm trying to bring on um, Joel Garza as, like, our second raw coach because I think most of our coaching staff, like Davion Richard and Wes, are all former equipped lifters. They didn't really pursue raw themselves, and so expecting them to now program a really good raw team, I'm not expecting them to do that, so I was trying to kind of head that off and be like, I'll kind of help form the raw team and our strategy for that with Joel because he and I both are also former equipped lifters that pursued raw afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can bring him on and all five of us are then kind of going through and like 
delegating certain things. Because um, as far as equipment, the more coaches you have, the better. Because it, it's hard to spot. It's hard to help kids get in their gear and teach them how to use the equipment. But for raw, I think we just need more eyes on specific lifters. So that way the 100 kids that we have or the 80 kids that we take, or I guess now we're limited to 60, um, we're going to be able to call their numbers and know what they're capable of to pull for wins and stuff like that, which historically we haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, especially the kids that are coached by other people and they don't end up going to collegiates to handle, it's harder for them to know what each kid is capable of and if they can pull for placing or not. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited to try to establish that so that the coaches can have more of an idea of what they are capable of on meet day. Yeah. So that way we can be more competitive with teams like Midland and UT. Yeah, that's actually something I've never really thought about, too, because we talk about the importance of game day coaching a lot on two white lights, but collegiately it's got it's just a completely different ball game, especially when it's team-based. Like, I mean, we, we, we just had our coach client confidential with Joe Stanek, and we joked about, I mean, they had to focus on me, and they still put in a number wrong. And I was one, <laughs> le- they, I was one lifter, and they had all, like, yeah, Matt Holden didn't do math properly and they put in a half kilo that I needed so trying to do that for an entire team has got to be I I can't really imagine it yeah and that's kind of why um I paid attention really really hard to how Wes does it Wes is by far one of the best game day handlers I've ever seen because he doesn't know what some of these kids are doing at the gym he has no idea. He's not looking at video analysis or anything. He's just kind of seeing what they're doing in the warm-up room and how their attempts look. And then he's, by far, as far as, like, looking at numbers and what numbers you need to get a better dot or for the team. Because it came down to Seth Ruff and his last pull for if we could beat Midland for that team spot or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did the math wrong there, but we knew, I think it was body weight. Mm-hmm. So we just didn't have enough dots, I think, to beat Midland. So that, that's what it came down to, and Wes was aware of it when we were doing all of that in the back, and he was talking to Joel because Joel coaches Seth. Um, and honestly, we could have probably loaded more for Seth and Juan, um, and the fact that we didn't, Midland looked out on because I think Seth could have pulled whatever he needed that day. But Seth is – or not Seth, uh, Wes is really good at kind of seeing that beforehand. Even with the kids who we don't know for sure if they're going to podium, when it starts to go, Wes is looking at all of these computers, and he's rapping, and he just knows exactly what to load on the bar for each kid, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and on, yeah, and on top of that, too, it's equipped. So it's just not a whole lot of time because you have to – you have so much time just getting your lifters prepped and prepared and making sure they don't time out because that's – again, if you time out if you're a raw lifter, we got some problems. Like you're just not hearing something or – like you, you just completely have like you miss something or you miss time your warm ups, but single ply it's like if you time out like yeah, that that, that happens sometimes you just don't get the equipment on quick enough, especially especially at a meet like collegiate nationals, it's not a small meet by any stretch of the imagination. I was in that warm up room, yeah, not supposed to be, room. but I was in that warm up room. <laughs> they let you in. They gave they did me not let me in. No, they did not. All right, well hold on. If people in the USAPL listening, maybe. <laughs> Who cares? It already happened. Well, they gave me the commentators thing. Okay. So I was in the back, so I would just go in through the kitchen, and then there was a door open, so I just kind of walk in there. But I think the first day I did that just to go say hi to Joe. But then the second, when the collegiate lister started with the like equipped, I just walked in I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna walk right back out. There's no <laughs> if I even wanted to say hi to people or like see what was going on and get some content for two white lights. I'm like, 
nope, too many people, and I'm in the way of pretty much everyone at this point. So, and I know it's, it's actually a difficult warm up room because it is equipped and it is team based. So, I'm not going to make anything that much more difficult. But yeah, I had a shortcut. I could have, yeah, I could have showed a bunch of people. I had, well, they put me outside. They put they put the commentators booth like outside like of the entire venue. So even worse than the little booth that we had, it was um, it yeah it was this complete. So we went and actually entered the um, the meet as a spectator. We were like seventeen feet away from that, and we were just like in this little corner by like the exit. Oh god! So yeah, so like I could just go into the kitchens, like go. That's pretty much what we're doing the entire day. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I. That, that meet was, the, I think, th- one of the last days Mikey was competing, and I told him I wanted no part in his, like, getting him wrapped or anything like that because I did not want that to be an issue on the plane ride home because mm-hmm. I do have to live with him. Yeah. So if I'm the reason he doesn't do well, I don't want that on my hands. And I had to wrap his last warm-up, and I was handling two other girls oh and helping God. them call their numbers, and I was running. That was the most stressful time of my entire life. So next year, I'm going to personally try to plan some of that a little bit better. Yeah, I'm trying to think if that would be me and my girlfriend of, like, if she <laughs> had to handle me in equipment, see how that would go. And that would make sense, yeah, because if – yeah, she knows how I get after meets that I don't do well in. Um, I think that's part of the stress of it. It's like, just do well at this meet so you can be in a good mood. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, if she's ever the cause of it, it will probably be a bit of an issue. You know what's never an issue, though? What's never an issue? Wearing Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. They make you look good from head to toe. They got the dad hats. They got the comp tees. They got regular tees. They got fashion tees. They have joggers that look fantastic. It's not jogger season quite yet in Texas, but eventually it will be jogger season. And Leflar Bros got some of the best, and they got the socks as well. Go to leftlarbros.com, visit them on Instagram, follow them on Instagram, and check out all the athletes that they are sporting, that they are helping, and they are helping support the sport as well. Also, you get two white lights gear on leftlarbros.com too. So banners, shirts, we got some two white lights merchandise still there. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. And I got to thank TSS. There's a Leftlar Bros banner over there as well. Sure is. And a two white lights banner. I always forget that that one's there, but it is there. Ouch. Okay. I don't know <laughs> what the, I don't know why you forget it. It's in the air conditioned room. That's why. It's in the, it's in the non powerlifting. It's in the one that the that's kind of po- kids are not allowed in. Why? Because they take up all the space. Oh, okay. The actual members. I thought there was, room. I thought there was like another rule, like just, no, you guys no. can't go in here. <laughs> like, like you've been bad. You can't go in here. <laughs> yeah. They ruined it. They left all the doors open and all the AC got out. Wait, did they actually? Um, we've actually done that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I actually, I don't. I actually don't know the uh, the day to days of TSS. Only thing I got was from Big Chief and uh, <laughs> and the Oliveris brothers. Um, I do love that gym though. Even e- like even in its like kind of grittiness, oh, I just yeah. love that gym. Yeah, there's no rules at TSS. Like everything's already beat up on the walls. So, like if you accidentally like throw your deadlift, you're probably gonna be fine. Well, that's good to know. They'll make you patch it yourself, but they're not going to paint over it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good to know. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to test that theory out when I go there next. All right, you ready for a lifter rating? Sure, yeah. All right, so lifter rating, boys and girls, 1 to 99 on squat, bench, and deadlift, and then we come up with an overall from there. 
Um, the 67.5 kilo national champion. What do you rate yourself on squat from 1 to 99? I'm going to give my squat an 85. I'm probably, we're probably going to eventually disagree on this because <laughs> I would probably put it higher. What are you as far as 67.5 kilos? What do you Wait, mean? Wait, like as far as your rank goes and like oh, all time squats, yeah. Uh, I tied the American record. I didn't know that 190 was the American record at that meet or we would have chipped it. Um, I thought it was 191 because Haley Hunter, um, I saw how easy she squatted 190. She's probably going to be our squat record holder in the 69s or the 67s, excuse me, um, for quite a while. Um, so, so you're, lucky. so you're <laughs> higher than an 85. We'll go, we'll go maybe a 90. Okay. I, All right. I should have done way more than that. <laughs> All right. Well, then that, that helps him more. So, yeah, I guess I'll put you at a 90. I don't have – this is the difficulty of this, the uh, the Steve DeNovi magic where he actually gets to research it and tells us good data <laughs> where I'm just like, I think you're better than a 90, so I'm just going to give you a 90. All right, how about bench? Bench is like your lift, right? I don't even know what's my lift anymore. I used to think it was deadlift. It's not deadlift anymore. It might, it might be bench. All right, so what do you give yourself one to 99 on bench? I'm not Jen Thompson, so I'll, I'll give myself a 90 on bench. Okay. You're not <laughs> – I like how you're like, I'm not Jen Thompson, so I'm just going to mark myself 10 points down of whatever <laughs> her record is. I want her record. Is. Eventually, is, I want her record. What's your What's your PR, 125? 120. 120? Okay. So what is that – so as far – do you do you know off the top of your head? Because, I mean, Jen Thompson's a 99. She comes on the show. She's the best bencher, <laughs> female bencher of all time, especially yeah. – I mean, definitely raw. Um but how far off, like, do you know where you actually stack up in the USAPL or even the world's, uh, the world um, in the bench press? I actually don't. I think I'm closer. It's looking at 69 kilo lifters that uh, just competed at Worlds. I think they were around 125-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I'm closer there than I am with Jen Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, hers is, I believe, 145. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's the goal. Um, <clears throat> that's going to take a minute, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to go 90 there. Yeah, because I think, yeah, because, I mean, she's been doing it for so long time, and that's why it's kind of like the anomaly of powerlifting, what Jen Thomas is able to do with the bench press. All right, deadlift now. Deadlifts let me down every time. Um, I think because I pull hook, um, and my deadlift is more technical than even my benches, so I'm probably going to go with, like, an 80, 83. 83, I, I don't know if I could put you at 80. What do you deadlift? I pulled um, 217. You can't put yourself at an 83 with a 217 <laughs> deadlift. That's I'm nowhere near the American record for deadlift. What's the American record on deadlift? Uh, and 67 and a half kilos? Yes. That's, I believe that's Jordan, that's, uh, Jordan. Jordan Pantone. She mm-hmm. did 230? I think she did that equipped. I think she pulled um, 227 and a half. She might have pulled 227 on the dot, though. Okay, and you did 10 kilos less than that. Yeah. I so then <laughs> you can't be 17. So if Jordan came on the show, she would probably, she would, and six, seven and a half kilos, which is a bit of a strange weight class because the world is 69. This one is six, seven and a half. So we are basing on that weight class. She came on the show, she'd be 99. So the next best people will not be 80. They'll be like within the 90 range. I mean, Sam still pulls more than me too. Okay, so it's two people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like give you context. I would put my squat like at an eighty-eight. Like Russ obviously squats more than me. Gruden squats more than me. Delaney squats more than me. But you know, it's still not a bad squat. It's, it's 
Well, an, eight, an 80 is not a bad score. I, I think the difference here, though, is, like, you're still within the top five, though. Top three, top five. So you'd be in the higher range. Like, I would put your put your squat and bench probably, like, 93 and your deadlift at, like, 90. That might be fair. Okay, looking at and you have a five fifty one dots too. Like that is also in a in a category that's pretty. I mean, you're one of the best female lifters in the world, so that's a very high, uh, you know, like a claim to have. So you're about to give yourself like an eighty six <laughs> overall, and I, I just don't think I can let you do that. Like if we post this, people people will yell at me and two white lights and not you because you gave yourself <laughs> this rating. I get yeah. We'll get we'll get deadlift to ninety then. Yeah, this meat like. We did some stuff to my overall. I think what I objectively should probably be thinking about, I think it just kind of sucked some of that out because I've been looking at people that are in a kilo and a half over what I, w- I weighed. And then also Leah Beauvoir, who should be a 60, 69. She weighed, what, 65 or 64 at another meet, so she would have been in my weight class, and mm-hmm. she definitely squats and deadlifts more than me. Also. Yeah, well, Leah Beauvoir, like, if she moves up, like, because if we did her around 63, she would probably be uh, close to, like, a 99 overall type lifter because yeah. she's so good. But, I mean, this is why we do the lifter ratings. I mean, we had it so many times that lifters are just hard on themselves. Like, Natalie Richards was, I don't know, I don't know about called out. Because, again, they always say, like, Two White Lights is doing this, and we're not. But Natalie Richards, like, I think put herself, like, a 92 overall or something. You know, and, again, she's, like, for that meet, she was the best female on dots in the USAPL. Yeah. And she gave herself a 93 overall. Sam Calhoun, too, is, like, a 94 on the overall thing. So you would definitely be over in the 90s. Um, I think right now, based on the numbers you gave me, 91 overall. Think that's fair? I'm I'm totally fine with 91. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. All right. Well, we'll put that in the numbers calculator. I'll still give Steve Denovi his thing. We might just start at, we we might just start have to doing our own lifter ratings because lifters are being too hard on themselves when they come on two eye lights. <laughs> that's part of why we work so hard though. Yes. Yep. All right. And also, um I think we could do word association. We haven't done this in a while. I want to okay. see how I, – I don't think I've ever done it in person. But before I talk about uh, – or before we do word association, I want to talk to you guys about obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Ladies and gentlemen, go to HypeDust.com and get yourself the best smelling salts. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any smelling salts around me. I left them at the back of my apartment, which I would test the smelling salts for you guys. It's the best. It will get you through a workout. It'll get you through a PR. It'll get you through a meet. It'll get you through a car ride, possibly even a podcast. Steve has been ripping s- smelling salts on the daily when we do podcasts, and I, I think it's improving his performance. Use promo code 2WL15. Save yourself some money on Obsidian Smelling Salts. They got a lot of merchandise on there as well. You could use all the codes for smelling salts and the merchandise. They're a great company. Help sponsor powerlifting. Help powerlifting in general they always have booths set up at a lot of meets always appreciate that go to hypedust.com for obsidian ammonia all right word association i give you a word people get stuck on like i should give one word back you don't need to do that just whatever comes to your mind it could be a sentence it could be a rant it could be an essay whatever you want to say all right i'll start off easy usapl it's it's for, for me right now, it's, it's not enough. Not enough? What do you mean by that, not enough? It, it's not providing me with enough goals in order to satisfy mm-hmm. my reason for continuing to compete. Okay. 
How about par- how about uh, IPF then? IPF, I'm all I think of when I think IPF is that I need to go back to work. I need to go sit down and write the rest of my block and just get to work. Okay, I like that. Uh, UTSA, they're fantastic. Fantastic in what way? Birds up. They are those kids. I think the culture that we've created with that team is um, one that I. I, I got to experience myself. They work hard. Mm-hmm. Those kids go because they want to be the best. Those kids work hard, and they look up to us as coaches to help them become the best. And as far as equipment, we've done a pretty good job of making them pretty damn close to the best, if not already. Um, it's kind of just a matter of how do we keep them in the sport? How do we keep them motivated? Mm-hmm. But they all they all work hard, and they are fantastic. Yeah. Spotting and loading. <laughs> I love spotting and loading. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you are, I think, the highest level lifter who spots and loads. Oh, I don't understand because, like, if I can make that meet go fast and get some money and not have to judge and be bored, I'm going to – I'm spotting and loading is the way to go. Yeah, it's funny. There's a difference between uh, my friend Joey Shepard, Joey Bagadonis, shout out. He opted to be a ref, so he never had to spot and load again. He's like, yeah, I'd rather sit down all meet because my lazy ass is not going to – Spot and load the entire time. But I think you, yeah, you are probably the highest level lifter or the elite level lifter who spots and loads regularly still. Yeah, and I actually had a, I think part of why I still want to do it and I'm still like, I'd rather at a local meet if they don't need me as a national ref or to do drug testing or anything, I'd rather just spot and load because at USPA Nationals, I spotted and loaded that with TSS crew Mm -hmm. and the meat director for that gave me so much crap about my hair while I was spotting and loading bench. And I was like, I'm faster and can read these kilos What's faster. What's wrong with your hair? I, d- I have no idea. I think it was because it was hanging down, but it wasn't like in the way of the judges or anything. And I what? was like, your hair is you you talking, switch out. talking like you have an afro. What, what do you mean in the way of the judges? Looks like my hair was long. And so like I'm holding. When was this? Um, last year's, I think it was right before nationals last year. I think it was like the week before we left. Okay. All right. So what did they say exactly? Cause it's long hair, which again, I'm still not quite getting why. it. I don't know why he wanted, he just, just giving me crap the whole meet. And then after the meet, he was like, all the judges said that you were one of the best spotters and loaders. And I was like, well, yeah, cause you made me mad. So I did better. Wow. That's so bizarre. I never heard. I don't know. I maybe, was it playful? Like something like, like. Like, just commenting about your hair? Because I don't understand how <laughs> hair can get in the way of anything, really. I like, think it was because I was the only one there with long hair. Uh-huh. And so he was just, like, not ha- – I don't think he wanted me there to spot and load. I just kind of showed up. I don't know if they told him that a girl was Any coming Anytime you could have another spotter and loader, I think it's just good. I if agree, you have yeah. a If you have <laughs> a surplus of spotters and loaders, you should be happy with that. Yeah, and well, I went because it was paid, and I was like, it's in San Antonio. It's just good money, and I was like, those are my friends anyways, so it's, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, especially with the USPA, I don't think they should complain about having too many spotters and loaders. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that it, it explains itself, uh, that joke that I just made. Um, Chandler Babb. I want to compete with her and Kristen Dunsmore, I think, and Marte. I think the most. Mm-hmm. I've competed with Sam. I love competing with Sam, but um, she she and I are not in the same weight class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chandler Babb, I want to out-total her. Okay. Uh, that was my goal, I think. After the first time I competed with her last year, I kind of wanted to out-total what she did when I was at the Arnold and she was doing PA Nationals. Um, and then 
now, and I have not done it. So I'm, I really hope I do get the opportunity to compete with her and Kristen Dunsmore. Um, whether or not it's on the same stage or I get to compete with one and then the other, um, she's, she's the best right now. Mm-hmm. She's one to beat. Yeah, never lost apparently. Uh, yeah, never lost yet in her powerlifting career. No matter what federation she has done, she has been first place in all of them. So, yeah, that'll be a really good matchup. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Just like like this the split, which I th- we talked about in last powerlift, uh, our last two white lights episode, where like the split is actually like it seems to be working because people I think they're coexisting the two federations. But this is kind of what's happening. Like, if you have a person in your weight class range, you're just going to want to beat them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that'll be, I think, uh, and also just a really good weight class, too. Um, a, a, a new weight class. So Chandler Babb, like, just established herself as the favorite. But now you're starting to see a lot more people just get into that weight class range and that being the more comfortable weight class for them. So I think that weight class is going to be – Challenging the 76s as far as, like, the most compelling weight class. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited to see where the 76s go next year. Yeah, well, um, I think that's where you get um, uh, Marta in there as well from New Zealand. Cause yeah, because it was Yeah, because it was Jess, Agata, and we thought that we were going to have a third one, but with New Zealand and COVID and her job, like, she wasn't able to do it. But that would be... Yeah, that'll be like those two weight classes right there for females. They think that's actually the, the best as far as competitiveness goes. I agree. Yeah, um, they're always the most fun to watch. This year was especially fun to watch. Mm-hmm. TSS. <laughs> Home. Home. Yep. I've been lifting at TSS. I don't. I know people like in Texas. It's like a thing to go to Houston and try out all the gyms, and then go to Austin and try out the gyms in Austin. San Antonio is kind of the our TSS is kind of the gym though. Yeah, I know there's a couple other gyms in San Antonio. I have not been to them. I know, like, Heavy Metal's there. Primal. Primal, too. I have not been to them. Yeah. I have my membership. I have a free membership with TSS because I help them work meets, and I coach UTSA for free, and I'm just – I'm super comfortable there. Yeah, I would be, too. I mean, that gym is really, in my opinion, perfect. Like, getting into that gym, like, this is a cool place, and especially with all the powerlifters that's producing. It's Does it ever get, like – are you used to it? like, just training with national champions and world champions? Because there's so many of them who are just so established, and it's been that way for a long time. It used to make me mad. <laughs> in what, in what way? Did. I was like, man, I was like, they're, they're national champions. I was like, I need to outrank them at some mm-hmm. point. So you're, you're pretty much there, right? Yeah. I mean, depending on who we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's we're all, I think, on the same level. We all kind of have that same mentality where it's like it's never enough, mm-hmm. which I think is part of why we all still live there and why we're all comfortable there because that's just what the culture is at, at a TSS. But also it's – um, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I know what you mean by the culture. I mean, that's – I we I mean, we I, we talk with um, the Oliveras brothers and, you know, Lugo and uh, Mikey, you know, quite often – and yeah, there's there's a culture in TSS that it yields really high level powerlifting, um, so it, it it makes sense. And if you're thrown in that environment, of course you want to be within the same co- conversation and category as those elite level lifters. And then prior to that, like I knew UTSA from like Ashen Ruska, yeah, like because I mean, that's I think that was the thing I noticed. The first thing was the banners. 
I'm uh, not you, on a banner. You're not? <laughs> I won last year, but we weren't allowed to register as a team. So we were all individual. Oh. And so I'm not on a banner. And I'm, I'm upset. I have a fifth place, I think, from my freshman year. Um, but I'm upset that I'm not on a banner when I, when I got first. Mm-hmm. Um, coaching. I love it. That's all I do. So is, is that what it's, is that your plan going forward? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. If I could coach powerlifting full time, I would not do anything else all day long. And that's already kind of true. Mm-hmm. I'm a personal trainer at a commercial gym, so I don't mix per powerlifting and uh, personal training. I keep those super separate. Um, so that I'm still able to continue to coach powerlifting separately because they just don't have the equipment um, and the population of the commercial gym that I, I work out. It's, it's just not a powerlifting type of mm-hmm. vibe. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I do. So I work 40 hours, personal training, I go home and I have no idea how many hours I work at home tra- uh, coaching and doing all that from home. All right. And I coach myself. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I was going to, I was going to actually ask that earlier. Um, have you thought about potentially getting a coach? Not right now. Future? Okay. Um, I think if I hire a coach, it'll probably be out of th- Team 3DMJ. Um, Interesting. I subscribe to uh, Mass, so I am trying to stay up to date with all the research that they're aware of and are putting out um, so that it makes me a better coach. Um, and uh, as soon as I start to plateau and I can't get myself out of it, I'll probably hire a coach. But right now, I know all I would do is annoy anyone that I hire. Because um, I'm I, even before I started coaching myself, I'm – I think too hands-on and want to be involved with my programming. I, I had this conversation yesterday with actually uh, Dimitri um, uh, from, from game day where like, I think the most difficult, and I'm not a coach, but I, I would assume the most difficult people to coach are other coaches. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. Because especially ones who like coach themselves for a long time, because they're going to have feedback. Like Joe can tell me anything and I'll probably agree to it. Like I'll give minimal like I, some and the 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 pushback I'll give is pretty minimal, but also something that's easily worked with. Like it'll be so it's like, hey, uh, like we let's maybe throw in tempo squats. Like, okay, how about pause squats? That's pretty much about as a big feedback. And if you cha- interchange the two, it's not a big deal. But I've heard like certain coaches and they're like, yeah, like you have you have actual like long conversations with some of your athletes who are coaches because they have a better understanding of programming and uh, body mechanics and they will give you a little bit more feedback on what they should do as opposed to what you suggested to them. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm at the point with my coaching and programming for myself that like, I'm, I'm a control freak with it. So I want to know what's going on and what the plan is. And some coaches are just like, just trust me. And I have a hard time doing that. And I start to question things. And I think that kind of messes with my motivation when I'm there. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I coach myself now, I may, I think if I hired a coach, it would be more so like a collaboration kind of a thing, not like me giving them all the reins. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think for most coaches that I'm aware of right now, they, they would be annoyed with that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is a difficult thing. And I think that, I mean, self, I mean, there, I mean, there are a few anomalies like self-coach people who are, at, I mean, yourself, you, you definitely uh, place in that category, but David Wilson coaches himself and he's clearly has a fantastic powerlifting career, you know, uh, behind him. And um, I think there was a few, uh, Noriega coached himself for a little bit there. And yeah, it's just, it is, it is an interesting thing. That's, and it was always a confusing thing to me. Like when I see athletes who coach themselves and they have coaches, I'm like, how does that work? 
Because, you know, like, I got coached because I was, I'm, I'm like, I cannot coach myself. Like, I didn't have a coach for a long time, but in an online program. So that's how lost I was. I couldn't, I couldn't even, like, really, like, alter the online program. Because, yeah. like, I was just like, I, what, what, what am I going to alter to? Like, yeah. what variations can I, I did not do a variation on a lift till I got coaching. So it was just squat, bench, and deadlifting for four years until I got Joe. Because I didn't know how, like, I'm like, I understand what a pause squat is yeah. and a pause deadlift is. Where do I program them in? Like, where would it make sense? Yeah. And when you're doing an online program and as you're as lost as I am, you, like, I couldn't find a way to fit it in. Yeah. And I think uh, for a long time when I was in college, I, I did the same thing. Ashton Ruska gave me just a template that he made with uh, Christian, and I did that for a while. And mm-hmm. then I did um, – I got another coach, and – I kind of just was like anyone that was willing to kind of experiment with me for free, like they could they could coach me. So mm-hmm. one of the guys out of TSS, he coached me for a little bit, and then I I got with Joel, and I actually asked Mikey to coach me first, and he told me no. <laughs> so then I went to Joel, and that is, that's Joel actually a com- that's actually a common thing. People don't realize that like um, if you're in a relationship, the coaching thing, like oh, we were not together at that point. Still, I think he was just like I. He's like, I want no part in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. That's that's actually probably good. That is a nice honesty thing there. Um, all right, last one, stoic. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you're an S- you're an S- Are you an SPD athlete? Uh, yes. Well, then don't even answer that. Stoic gear, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I mean, I yeah, I just read her lips. She said, "Great, stoic gear. <laughs> go to lift.net and get yourselves in stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is the most quality and it's the most bang for your buck as well. Use promo code Angelo ten to save yourself some money. It makes the affordable gym equipment or gym gear that much more affordable. Singlets, wrist wraps, knee sleeves, belts. Use that promo code Angelo ten and go to lift.net. Gabby." It's been a fantastic interview. Thank you for driving all the way out to Houston. Yeah, it was going to be fun driving back in the rain. Yeah, I really, uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry about the rain. I don't know why I'm apologizing because <laughs> I, I would Texas. prefer, I would prefer not to rain too. Um, where are you going to train? I might go see TSS Houston today. I feel like I have to go at least say hi because that's mm-hmm. my sister gym. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a great establishment. So. Have fun. Good luck with everything. We'll hope to have you on again sometime. Hopefully, I'm in San Antonio as opposed to you being in Houston. I'll take the long drive. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Next time. (laughs) And um, good luck with everything. Can't wait to see what you do next. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.